and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I'm your host. This week I was joined by Ryan Garvey, who is an advocate for financial freedom and time freedom. And Ryan actually has his own podcast called Mining for Time, which I would definitely recommend. And he explores these concepts from a Christian perspective. What does the Bible have to say about money management? What does it have to say about financial independence and time freedom, etc.? And I just found Ryan's podcast to be absolutely fascinating. And I had to have him on The Connected Generation so you all could hear his amazing stuff. What I love about his work is that he marries the theory, what the Bible says, with practical so well. And in this episode, he's able to teach from a biblical perspective as well as give practical tips as to what we have to do as entrepreneurs to pursue financial freedom. And the one that a lot of us overlook, time freedom. The truth of the matter is, as entrepreneurs, a lot of us are time poor. (laughs) And time is the most depleting asset. Perhaps we focus a lot of our time. (laughs) Did you catch a pun there? We focus a lot of our time on the pursuit of money and don't focus enough time on the pursuit of time. Anyway, I won't spoil it too much. Tune in, enjoy and share the love. Hi, right. Welcome to The Connected Generation. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Yeah. Hi, Nikkei. It's great to be with you and I'm excited as well. Yes. Awesome. So tell us about Ryan. How did you get to where you are today being an advocate for financial and time independence? Tell us more. Yeah, sure. So I'm just a regular guy, born in the Midwest, lived in Iowa my whole life, raised in a Christian home. So mom and dad, and then I have a younger brother and a younger sister. As far as my upbringing goes... You know, early on, I'd say my parents have told me, you know, we were probably lower class as far as economically, probably when I was first born and then my first couple years of life, which of course I don't really recall, but just grew up in small town, Iowa. And then as the years went on, my parents were able to go back to school and get some degrees and get better jobs as a result. And so kind of move up into more middle-class life. But I mean, it was a very, very great life. My parents are very loving, always had time for me and my siblings. I don't really remember many conversations about money or any Mm. lessons that they intentionally instilled in me. So I never really thought about it much, never really thought about how much money we had Mm. until we moved from small town Iowa to Des Moines capital. To me, it was a big city. And suddenly I was going to school with boys and girls, just, you know, families were pretty affluent. And Mm. that was new. It was intimidating. I think initially I just felt kind of some embarrassment and some shame Mm. surrounding my own family and our think that was the first time where I really started to consider money and how much we had or actually didn't have. So as far as my interest in kind of personal finances, that's probably been going on for a good amount of years. Just very interested in how money works. 
I find it fascinating how money impacts people's lives, both good and bad. Mm. I've had an entrepreneurial spirit since I was young, but I've never really been successful in translating that into anything lucrative. Like I wasn't doing like lemonade stands as a kid (laughs) or starting my own businesses or anything like that. But I think it's really come to a head over the past three years. I'm currently working full-time in pest control. And as a result, I have a lot of downtime driving in my truck from job to job. And you know, when I first started the job, I was just kind of listening to music and then kind of got to a point where I was like, how can I redeem this time, like these hours that I'm driving? And that's kind of when I stumbled into podcasts and started listening to some financial podcasts and then some investment podcasts. And that's when I stumbled on to the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early movement. And that was just eye-opening, a game changer. I don't know if maybe for your audience, like it'd be worthwhile briefly explaining what fire is. Just gonna ask you. (laughs) Read your read your mind. So, yeah, yeah, briefly, it's essentially an approach to money and retirement in which you establish a portfolio with enough money to cover your living expenses into perpetuity. So you're no longer Mm -hmm. obligated to work for an income. Mm -hmm. So there is math behind it and I won't get into the weeds, but essentially you determine what's called your fine number, how much you'll need in your portfolio. And you use what's called the 4% rule, which holds that you can withdraw 4% of your portfolio each year in retirement to cover your expenses. So let's say your yearly expenses were $50,000. You just multiply that by 25 to get a portfolio of 1.25 million to reach financial independence. And that rule is not without nuance and some controversy. Some people think you should shoot for more than 4%, but that really provides like a jumping off point for individuals interested in pursuing FI. That's really a lot less than a lot of the financial gurus will tell you you need where they'll say like, You've got to have five, 10, 20 million dollars if you're going to retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just makes it a lot more realistic and feasible for really anyone to pursue. Yeah, because those figures can be quite intimidating, like death on arrival. Like, why bother? <laughs> Where does one start from? But as you said, with this calculation is a lot more attainable, a goal that's more realistic and mm-hmm. actually quite energizing then. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, exciting. And you mentioned the role of your faith. You grew up in a Christian home and in a home where family was really important. And you have a podcast yourself, Mining for Time, which is a fascinating resource. I'd recommend listeners to check it out. Yeah. And so you're passionate about the pursuit of financial independence from a Christian perspective, which I find quite fascinating. And as a Christian, what I've noticed and observed is There are lots of false theologies floating out there as a result of misinterpretation of Mm -hmm. what the Word of God says. One of which I've heard people say is, money is the root of all evil. And that's not what it says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. School us, what does God want for us and our money? And what are his thoughts towards financial independence? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And I'll first caveat my answer by saying I'm still figuring out what God wants and that's a big part of my, big, yeah, yeah, big part of my show is just exploring that and asking the questions and one mm-hmm. of my 
earlier episodes was even called should Christians pursue financial independence. But yeah, I agree with you that the intersection of financial independence and just the Christian faith is a fascinating one and is really the catalyst for me starting Mining for Time. And God's Word certainly does have a lot to say about our money. So one of the goals on my show is just to only teach and promote content that aligns with His Word and try mm-hmm. to interpret it correctly. And yeah, I also agree, yeah, there's many misinterpretations which can lead to false teachings about God's Word, especially concerning money, mainly like the prosperity gospel or the health and wealth gospel. And yeah, that verse that you mentioned, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's from first Timothy chapter six, I believe. And maybe just in the answer to your question, like I can read just a little bit of that passage and try to shed some light on it. So starting in verse six of first Timothy six, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the path and pierced themselves with many griefs. So that's a pretty intense, heavy message. Yeah. I think just for the sake of simplicity, answering what God wants for us in our money, like even just looking at this passage, I think we can see several things. The first being that like seeking godliness and contentment will lead to a much greater gain than mm-hmm. any amount of material riches. If you're wondering what is contentment, what does that look like? We're given a picture in verse eight that if you have food and clothing, that should produce contentment in you. We're thankful that we have, that God's blessed us with what we need. And we don't need to covet after extra things that we don't need. I'd also say that our money is temporal and it has zero value in eternity. Mm-hmm. So there's that saying, like, you never see a U-Haul driving behind a hearse. Because we're not going to take any of our possessions or our wealth with us when we die. And so mm. in light of that reality, I often ask myself the question, like, Am I seeking to use my money to build God's kingdom or my own earthly kingdom? And Jesus admonishes us not to store up treasures on earth where they're going to, yeah, they could be stolen or they're going to fade, but to store up treasures in heaven that will last forever and we'll always be able to enjoy them. And then maybe the last thing I would say is the passage in 1 Timothy talks about how the desire to get rich and fall into that love of money. It's just downright dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, It leads to temptation and foolish desires. It says to plunge people into ruin and destruction. Mm -hmm. And so greed and materialism are the root of those evil desires, and they cause people to do terrible things. We see it every day. People who cheat, people who steal, even Mm -hmm. people who kill in order to attain money. So Jesus would ask us the question, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? yet for mm-hmm. his very soul. And so I think it's just very important when we talk about concepts of wealth building, just that we're very mindful to always be reflecting on our motives for why mm-hmm. we're doing that. I love that you said that. And I love what you said about the motive really should be about the pursuit of God's kingdom, the building of his kingdom, as opposed to our earthly kingdom. And there's a tension, isn't there, between seeking wealth for the wrong reason or seeking wealth for God's kingdom. So it's really about 
the state of heart mm-hmm. and an alignment, right, yeah. with God's will. And just unpacking that a little bit more. So financial independence is something that you're quite passionate about. What practical steps can business owners take to move towards financial independence? Quite often, business owners spend a lot of their, which speaks to your message, a lot of their time hustling in their businesses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of their assets and their wealth tied up in their businesses, which is relatively illiquid and not necessarily yielding a lot of cash. So just what practical steps can they take to move towards financial independence? Yeah, one thing that I hear a lot on various financial independence podcasts is the reality that people can make a lot of money, whether you're a business owner or a doctor, but if your lifestyle is inflated, you could still be living in debt. You could still be living check to check, um, which is something that we don't think about. We think about that. We kind of relate that more to people who are lower income or living in poverty, but the same thing holds for people who are making six figures and upwards. So I think if you're a business owner, if you're just an individual trying to be better with your money, you know, a great place to start would be to assess your current spending and your Mm -hmm. income. And I'm a big proponent of living on a budget. If you're familiar with Dave Ramsey and financial peace, Mm -hmm. I come from that background and I differ from his philosophy in certain ways. And really my show is trying to connect with listeners who maybe are familiar with Dave Ramsey, but one that gets to like the wealth building and retirement part, they're just wanting more. And so I'm trying to bridge that gap. But certainly, yeah, budgeting, seeing where your money is going each month, you're able to assess your spending, determining if it's a reflection of what you truly value in life. And I'm a big advocate of your use of money should go towards what you value. So for some Mm -hmm. people, it's going on these amazing vacations, like my wife and I, for instance, we love to travel. So we're going to allocate a certain amount of our money towards that. And we're actually going to try to be creative with utilizing rewards cards so that we mm-hmm. can essentially travel for free. For other people, it's going out to dinner. For other people, it's shopping. And so mm-hmm. none of those things are bad if you, again, with good motives and if you're being responsible with your money. And then certainly... Budgeting is going to also reveal the debt that you have. So it is important to prioritize paying off debt because once you can do that, it's just like, it's a whole new world, really. Then you can use that money that isn't making you money to invest and start to earn compound interest. And maybe you invest it in business venture or in the stock market or in real estate. There's just endless possibilities. Mm. I love that you said that about really your mantra is about ensuring that your spending is in alignment with what you value. It's about being very intentional and living a life that we drive as opposed to that drives us. Yeah, (laughs) And that really requires a lot of clarity of what are my values? What do I stand for? Am I passionate about from the most, you know, mundane so I love chocolate to yeah. my life purpose is <laughs> my life purpose is, I don't know, philanthropy to mm-hmm. support and ensure the upliftment of those that are being left behind. So it really does require that reflection and that inflection as well of who am I? What do I stand for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you also mentioned about you were kind of hinting about time freedom 
why is time freedom so important? And again, from what does the word have to say about that, if it does mm-hmm. have anything to say at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think if we're all honest, we take a step back and agree that time is our most valuable and non-renewable Indeed. resource. None of us knows how long we have on this earth. Mm. And so, yeah, God's word has a lot to say about time and how we steward our resources. And I, I believe time is my most important resource. Our life is like a mist. So it's here today, gone tomorrow, and we can't create more time. So mm. for me personally, like since having my son, I have a nine-month-old son, Eamon. I've had so many parents come up to me and implore me to enjoy this time now because, mm. you know, they'll say like, you're going to blink and he's going to be graduating and moving out and you'll never have these first 18 or so years. And so, yeah, I am very mindful that I can't create more time with my son. I can't make a day stretch to 25 hours. Mm-hmm. But I feel that financial independence is this kind of superpower that enables me to extract more time out of the day, if you will. The same goes with my marriage and just my relationships with other people. And so as far as God's word talking about how he feels about, the Bible doesn't explicitly say time freedom, but I think <laughs> we can get these hints here and there. I think Ephesians 5 is a great passage, and I can read that for you. It's just a couple of verses. It says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And there's that part in there where it says, making the most of every opportunity. And Mm. I read that as literally to redeem the time. So I want to be clear also to say that I believe we can make the most of every opportunity, whether we're working eight hours in a cubicle farm or if we're pursuing our dream job. It's really a matter of your perspective and your attitude. God can use you anywhere. And a lot of times if he's got you in the spot where you may be not the most passionate or fulfilled in, like that's a training ground for (laughs) something. And the Bible says the one who can be responsible with little can be responsible with more. Mm. I'd apply that to finances as well as vocational endeavors and on down the line. But I also know that I often struggle to feel like my time is being used to the fullest when I'm doing work that's not fulfilling or that maybe even prevents me from interacting with people, which I, I feel is like the most important thing is God wants me to be a light for him. Mm-hmm. So as I pursue financial independence as a means to attain time freedom, I'm mindful of, and you kind of touched on it, like designing a life that will enable you not only to do work that you're passionate about, but mm-hmm. work that you truly feel helps and empowers other people. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to do with my message is I'm not trying to provide this dogmatic approach and this Mm. step-by-step thing that's a cookie-cutter approach for every person. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to look different regardless of or depending on, you know, where you live and just your background. But there are certain kind of general principles that people can use. I love the authenticity of it. It's very clear. It's great. And what practical steps can we take to move towards time freedom? Sure. So other than the obvious that we're talking about of pursuing financial independence, maybe if you're still wanting to learn more about FI before you jump in, but you're maybe you just don't feel like you have time to educate yourself and start to implement some things, but you just want some more time during your day, 
one thing that I talk about on my show is I'm doing a just kind of a reoccurring series called Time Diamonds, kind of tie it back into the whole mining thing. Mm. What I mean by a time diamond is either something that actually extracts more time in your day. So as simple as getting up 30 to 60 minutes earlier, putting down your phone. That's a big one for a controversial one as well. Very controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of studies that just show <laughs> the benefit of, I mean, even turning off notifications and just how mindless we can be to check it. And I'm, I'll be the first to raise my hand. I'm very guilty of that. So things that you can do to practically extract more time from your day, mm-hmm. but then it's also things that you can do to optimize or make the most or like that Bible passage, redeem the time. So an example could be meditation. Meditation is something that I've started to do recently. Meditation costs you time as well as energy, mental focus, but it can also help to just clear your mind and increase your focus, thus optimizing your time throughout the rest of your day. So mm. another example would be physical exercise. That costs time, energy. If you have a gym membership, it even costs you money, but it has amazing effects on your mental, physical, emotional well-being. So just finding ways to invest in yourself that's going to help you make the most of your time. I'd, I'd say from a spiritual standpoint, like emphasizing prayer above all things, mm-hmm. um, specifically being still and quiet in God's presence. I love the story of Mary and Martha. Mm. Uh, most of us are prone to be Martha's. So we're rushing around frantically trying to do things, even things for God. Mm. And very few of us are comfortable with being Mary's, <laughs> just sitting contentedly at God's feet, receiving from Him, because we feel mm-hmm. like that's a waste of time. I think our Western society is like, you just spent 30 minutes just like doing nothing. I confess that many times as I'm praying, I'm already in the back of my mind thinking of the list of tasks that I need to get done after that. And I think that's just like an appeal to my pride and my self-reliance. But mm. prayer forces me to exercise faith and contentment and going back to that contentment in God. And I found when I really do prioritize prayer and meditation, God is very faithful to multiply my time throughout the Mm. day and help Mm -hmm. me be way more productive than I otherwise would have been and and just work with a much more clear focus and intention. I so love that. And I love that you said the importance of prayer, but actually prayer is not just us talking at God or, you know, with our lists, our laundry lists of what we need you to do within X period, dear Lord, please. But also it's about being silent and being still in his presence to receive. Yeah, sometimes it's also about he's faithful in that he gives clarity. Mm-hmm. Clarity as to what should be the focus. That we're not just running around like, you know, and not being still and getting burnt out with right. our life's many activities. Really, really mm-hmm. super helpful. Yeah. I was just going to say even quickly, like, taking that back to my own FI journey. And I think for most of people, when you first kind of start to learn about financial independence, there's just so many resources, podcasts, blogs, YouTube channels that you can get inundated with information. Mm. Maybe you've heard of Infobesity where you're just taking in so much, but you're not actually implementing it. So you're just Mm. like heavy laden with all this knowledge. Hmm. then you're just sluggish to do anything. But prayer really helps me 
come before the Lord and say, all right, God, I feel like you've led me to this. Now, hmm. please just give me clarity on where I should start. And Because temptation of mine was just to try to do everything all at once. And that, hmm. like you said, burnout, <laughs> that can knock someone off their path and keep them from getting back on it. But I really focus on just getting 1% better every day. Mm. The idea of just the aggregation of marginal gains. So you don't got to make these monumental changes every single day. Like That'd be overwhelming. But if you can just focus on one thing today mm. and tomorrow I'm going to do another small thing. And over time, you're going to see that's going to reap so many benefits in your life, not just in your finances, but in your health and your spirituality and your relationships. Amazing. I just want to circle back to something which you said, which was you were kind of alluding to being good stewards. And the pursuit of financial independence, I find it's full of attention. And the tension is we're trying to pursue independence and build our wealth through our actions, right? But then we also have to toe this line where it's we can't place all of our trust in our wealth. We have to place our trust in God. How do we navigate that balance between being faithful stewards of what we've been given, but also keeping our eyes and our focus on our ultimate source? Yeah, yeah, great question. Again, yeah, I'm discovering what that healthy balance, that tension looks like between wealth building and the pursuit of financial independence and just contentment and reliance on God and His provision for us. We actually just went through James chapter four at church. And so the Mm. Headline of that is boasting about tomorrow. And that passage does a great job shedding light on just that balance. It warns us against boasting in arrogant schemes, planning to go here or there and do this work and make this amount of money. And it says, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So what I take from that passage, as well as other passages, is that it is okay. And it's even prudent to make plans, but those plans should be submitted to the perfect will of God. You know, Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's will prevails. So I think it's important, especially as believers, there's a lot going on out there that talks yeah. about how inherently good people are. But like that, I don't see that in scripture. I mean, and that is controversial as well, but the word of God is controversial. And so I think we do need to realize like our hearts are inherently deceitful and desperately mm-hmm. wicked like that's what jeremiah chapter 17 says and so we're bent towards sinful desires when it comes to making plans financially and trying to build wealth and invest in our futures i know personally i daily need to reflect on the motives of my heart and guard against temptations of greed and temptations of self-reliance and pride even when things are going well and like comparing mm-hmm. myself to other people and well if you would just you know, get on this bypass. Like, <laughs> that's not a message that's going to come over well. So, mm-hmm. I'd say another thing that's helped me keep balance is just my personal conviction of tithing. So, honoring God with 10% of the income that I make. And that's something my wife and I are both in agreement on. And that's something that we believe throughout this pandemic season. We've just seen God be faithful to us as we've honored Him with 10%. And when you realize, 100% is actually God's. 10% is mm-hmm. not all that much. So <laughs> You know that's controversial, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> thing. Because people are still kind of not convinced that it's yeah. 
we're mandated to, or well, mandated is not the right word, obligated is not the right word, or well, it's something that Christians in the new Commanded. covenant, yeah, new covenant should be doing. I love that you're boldly just saying that this has been critical to you and your household. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm actually working on a episode about tithing, so <laughs> that'll be coming out soon. But yep, <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Any last words? You know, 2020, 2021 has been a very difficult time for many business owners, employees in terms of financial status. And there's a lot of anxiety for mm -hmm. tomorrow. Do you have any last words on that? Yeah. And stop me if I <laughs> ramble last words or last monologues. Yeah, I think obviously a buzzword for this past year has just been pivot. So. Mm -hmm people having to adapt to unforeseen change. And I mean, that's life in a nutshell. Obviously, it's been amplified over this past year. But I've heard just countless stories of business people or just people in general who have had the, actually the best years of their lives because mm -hmm. it's just forced them to change. And it's like a crucible that there's pressure and there's heat and there's struggle. And that's how diamonds are formed from coal. So I would just encourage people, especially if you're struggling, if you've been laid off from your work, if you're struggling to make ends meet, definitely come to the Lord in prayer, seek his will in his word, seek his word for wisdom. I would say there are always opportunities to learn new skills. And that could be what God has for you. You know, I'm, I'm doing that right now through podcasting and just other methods and just be open to change. Like change is good. That's how we grow. Mm -hmm. And just trusting the Lord every step of the way, every day. Commit your plans to Him in prayer. Don't make plans and then implement them and then ask God as an afterthought to bless them. <laughs> but prioritize the prayer first. And like you'll be amazed to see the breakthrough that God can bring in your life and how He'll use your struggle and your overcoming to inspire and bless other people. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ryan. If anyone would like to get in touch with you, how best can they reach you? Sure. So as far as the podcast, you know, I'm still pretty new to it. I am on all the major platforms. So like Google Podcasts, Apple, again, it's called Mining for Time. I don't have an official website at this point, but I do have a Facebook group. Awesome. I just kind of use that to share resources and try to engage a community, but hoping to grow this over time and be on more great shows like yours and have amazing guests like you on and just spread the word. So yeah, I appreciate you having me on and I'm excited for more to come for your show as well. Yeah, no, there's so many subtopics that you know <laughs> we can go into. Like for instance, what I was thinking is what is prep? That's the yeah. whole conversation. For sure. Because I don't think I pray in a traditional way. Um, the way I communicate with God is... And it changes per season. And I'd love to have a conversation on that. I'll and other things as well. Lots of different <laughs> things. <laughs> it's been amazing having you on. And thank you so much for joining us. And yes, definitely be in touch. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a blessing. Awesome. Wow. There were so many gems that Ryan dropped or bombs rather, that he dropped. <laughs> I loved when he said, financial independence is a superpower enabling us to extract more time. I had an aha moment when he said that. 
And I loved his concept of time diamonds, where we're mining for things to save us time. Essentially, we're investing in something to yield a time benefit. And I just, I find that so freeing. So freeing because as an entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like one is shackled to the responsibilities and the burdens that the business presents. And there's very much, it's a heavy cross to bear that you're carrying an emotional cross, but also a time cross, right? It takes a lot of time. And I just, a lot of what he said resonated with me. I also love when Ryan said he believes in getting 1% better. And you know what? That's so genius. Because even in the world of finance, we talk about the impact of compounding interest. It's better for you to save $1 a day for 100 days rather than save $100 once in 100 days because of the impact of compounding interest. The interest on the $1 then gets more interest and then that earns more interest, right? And it's the same with us in our personal development. As we get 1% better in different areas of our lives, the compounding impact, the compounding effect of us getting 1% better yields amazing synergy. So that really, really resonated with me and really inspired me. And I hope it did you too. So I'd recommend checking out Ryan's podcast, Mining for Time. It will be in the show notes. And yeah, share the love. Share the love as always. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care and God bless you.